Welcome to True Story. My name is Mike Doty. My name is Dave Holmes. Hi. Hi. And we are discussing an episode that aired on the 8th of June, 1992, which was two days before my 22nd birthday and seven days before the very first Soul Coughing show. I'll be damned. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh, so this is like, this is huge for you. It was kind of big. And I remember because it it, like it takes place in April around unseasonable weather. Uh I remember that unseasonable weather. You remember that blizzard? Yeah, I remember. No, that was like a like a slush fest. That was like a bummer April. Where the hell is spring kind of an event? Yeah. Now, there's been a bit of a delay. I should give the listener. A little bit of heads up. There, there's been there. There was a four month gap. There was a four month gap. Yeah, in between the last episode and this episode. Yes, life intervened. Life intervened. Yeah, uh, you had to go back to Memphis. Believe it or not, the most important thing was not watching the original series of the Real World. Yeah, yeah. it had to be tabled. Yeah. But uh, but now you're back in Los Angeles. Boom. You're you're doing shows and and writing songs. Doing some shows. I played with uh, Wayne Kramer and Mike Watt at the Whiskey, which was insane. Insane. Yeah. That's totally insane. fucking insane. Yeah. God almighty. All right. What, well, so what a time. Well, and what a time 1992 was. I was still I was still in Massachusetts. I was still living uh, with people who didn't like me and who I didn't like. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but, much and I, like Andre and Heather. Much like Andre and Heather. <laughs> No, it's like Kevin Heather. really. I mean, Kevin. Kevin has a. Kevin really takes it on the chin in this episode. Yes, it's a. It's a difficult time for him. Well, well let's start at the beginning, shall we? Yes, let's let's show. Uh, there are some books strewn about the house uh, because I think that the producers realized uh, that people wouldn't necessarily have deep conversations if they weren't spurred into action, right? By conversation starting books, yes, such as like sex, love, and and yes. whatever, such um, as like weird questions about doing it. Yeah, a big do you pink pee in book the shower that you would get that you would get in an early Urban Outfitters, yes, which was just starting indeed. to pop up, right? Which yeah, which too. was like nearly across the street from that loft. So oh, maybe you you're go. onto something. There you go. Yeah. So there's a sex book. There are, there's a book called Do You Do It with the Lights On? Yeah, and uh, and I think what we're meant to to learn from uh, from the uh, the opening minutes is that Julie is inexperienced. When yes, it comes to indeed. matters of sex and love. And it is foreshadowing. It's foreshadowing. Yes. It's foreshadowing. Now we we have known for a long time that she is our she is our knife. Yes. Is, knife. That, is that how you say that word? Knife. knife. Uh, she is our doe in the woods. Yes, indeed. You know what I mean? Indeed. Our Alabama transplant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, has a discussion uh, with Kevin about how shocking it is, the idea of peeing in the shower. Oh, yeah. Um, I, mean, I guess I get that. There's. Uh, they ask about... Uh, the. Oh, there's a, a question in the book about menage a trois. Uh-huh. And she says to Kevin, would you like that? Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a different time. It really yes. was. Now, like, you're expected to have that experience. Yes, Exactly. You're at least expected to like have a public stance on it. Yeah, exactly. By the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no, nothing shocking about it. Yeah. There's yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing shocking at all anymore, except for the fact that this 19 year old girl goes out on a date with a guy who's clearly in his 30s. Yes. Now, how she meets Mid this to guy? Late 30s. And it, okay, I I couldn't I couldn't quite tell. He, he just had that New York look. He had that downtown 1992 look. Because you asked, do we know this guy? You know, do I know this guy? And no, he just looked like all guys of yeah. that 
ilk did with the you know the sort of the bomber jacket with the yeah. collar turned up and the the jeans that were high waisted with the bunchy thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I miss that jean. Uh, I miss that jean so I much. I can't believe it. Didn't it look like diapers? It did a little bit, but for some reason, I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is. But the jean of the late '80s and early '90s was so like revealed a butt to the world in really? a way that tighter jeans now don't. You can't tell what's going on downstairs huh. with the guy. But in like 1989 to 1993, it was just like if you played soccer or hockey, we might have we might have gone down this road before. But right. if if you were like if if you were involved in sports that use your lower body, yes. I could tell. And right. I could tell which one. <laughs> true story. True story. Ass v hockey ass. True story. Wow. Yeah. True story. Um this guy to me looks like a, a big Nathan Fillion. A bigger Nathan Fillion. I don't know who Nathan Fillion is. He's Castle. He oh, was, uh, right. He was in that uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. He's oh. that big lantern-jawed fucking uh, Canadian uh. dude. Well, um, he, uh, we don't know how they meet, but they go to yeah. Locks Around the Clock. Locks Around the Clock. Uh, two of the greatest lines... Uh, uh, one was uh, uh, all of a sudden he was like, "Oh, I have a cramp." Yeah, because <laughs> he's old. He's old. He's old. He's got to stand up. Got to walk that cramp off. He reaches over and he's like reaching over, sort of like touching her in this really odd way, mm-hmm. like trying to be like, "Hey, I'm going to initiate physical contact by weirdly disconnectedly rubbing your shoulder." Yeah, really, just clutching, clutching yes. the shoulder. Then he goes, "I'm, I'm looking, I, I'm, checking I'm checking for, for muscle, muscle content. content. Yes. Checking for muscle content." You seem sturdy. Yeah, you have a sturdy frame. Sturdy frame. A sturdy frame. <laughs> now, to her credit, Julie, for being 19 years old, yes. is incredibly poised. Yes. Self-possessed. Yes. She doesn't let it throw her. Uh, she, I mean, she really is. She's mature beyond her years. She, I, I think she's way more savvy than we thought she was when it aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's way more uh, aware that she's there supposed to be the naive. Exactly. Yeah. We would get a much better, well, not a much better, but a more naive, naive the next season with John. Oh, just my God. Who's boring. Who's uh-uh. just dull as shit through the whole thing. What? What? I mean, well, that's why he's, he's great. Yeah, but I mean, he's like, but he, he he would be utterly thrown by that whole experience. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's, he does not know how to exist in the world. Right. I guess he was sort of interesting, but he was interesting because he was so boring. Right, 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 right. Okay, right. anyway, right. That, we'll, we'll get to that another time. In fact, we've been talking about this. Like, where do we go from? Where do we go from season one? I want to go straight to Seattle. I don't think we have to I, do I'm them in order. That. I'm not mad at that. I think Seattle, uh, arguably the best. It's it's up there. Yeah. It's up there. I, I, I'm I trying to... Let's see. Uh, New Orleans, I enjoyed a lot. New Orleans was great. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I think you might be right. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yep, yep. Yeah, there's something, there's something about uh, a, a pair of friends. Putting a pair of friends into the mix. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Show oh, the waters. And you know, Hawaii was great. You know, be- I've never seen a minute of Hawaii. Really? I missed Hawaii completely. Hawaii, they... Uh, they, they they're the, we shouldn't be talking about this. We <laughs> can be discursive. Go well, they said this very beautiful guy around like the Eric knees of the season. Yeah. They tell him he's not going to make it, but he should go around and interview the people that did make it. And yeah. so like the intro episode or oh, the pre-show. Oh, this is when they do the casting special. Yes. Yeah. The casting special. He goes around and he like interviews everybody. And then at the end of it, it's revealed, but you're on the show. And he yeah. freaks out. Oh, that's and, nice. And he's a very good looking man. Okay. And he's not very smart if he didn't realize like 
do they really not want me an, yeah. a, an extraordinarily good looking man yeah yeah cut it out I know Amaya a little bit she took improv classes really uh, I.O. West yeah, wow. I don't know if I'm blowing up her spot by telling, telling wow. that but yeah she's uh, she's eager to move on and who wouldn't be? <laughs> yes, who wouldn't indeed. Be? Uh, okay, so the, from there we go to Kevin, who has a, a girlfriend, uh, who he he, uh, he who he loves. I might be jumping ahead, but I, I just I, I what I wrote down was he says uh, I'm going to turn thirty. God knows when. <laughs> and then it reveals that he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's twenty seven. <laughs> you would know. I mean, you do know when yes, you're going to have it. Would be in, uh, it would be in 1996. Um, that would be yeah. yeah. God, yes, yes, we know when. That's a good year to turn 30, 1996. Really? Space know. Jam? <laughs> I don't know why you would see that when you were 30. I actually never saw it. Yeah, I, I haven't either. Who's seen Space Jam? Well, yeah, I mean, other than everyone in America other than us. Know. Say what? I said, who's seen Space Jam other than everyone in America other than us? Yeah. Do you, yes. Have you not seen it either? I've not seen it, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I tried to watch a, a couple minutes of it on TV, and it was like, oh, th- this was not made with me in mind, <laughs> no. and I don't know what I'm doing. This is a cartoon sports movie. It's a cartoon sports movie. Yes. I don't like cartoons or sports. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we then hear about uh, Kevin's family life. Yep. Uh, to the strains of Art of Noises' uh, uh, moments in love. <laughs> I don't. Oh, we should also say that in in the intervening four months, uh, my friend Kessela, who works at Buna Murray Productions, was able to finagle us the DVDs with the original music. Right. So from episode six forward, guys. Yes. It's the original music, and it cha- it changes the experience. It changes the entire experience. Yeah. It really puts it more in its time. Yeah. Makes it feel yeah. connected. Yeah. It really does. So yeah. if you're if you're following along, uh, following along with us, you are probably watching these on Hulu. Yes. Um, in which case, you are not getting the right music, but. Right. So we will tell you that by by the time we get uh, home with Kevin, we have uh, we've heard Art of Noise, and we've also heard um, Is It Good to You from Heavy D and the Boys, which I have not heard probably <laughs> since 1992. Also, uh, uh, oddly, Adamant, Goody yeah, Two Shoes. Goody Two. Goody two hmm, I wonder who that was describing. Yeah. Hmm. And then. Uh, oh, uh, when when she reveals she's a virgin when they're reading the book, they play. Uh, uh, what's the Cure song? Do, 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 do. The what song? The Cure song. Oh, the, the Cure one, song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. one where they're on a cliff and they're uh-huh. oddly stretched in the video. Oh, wow. I feel like that was a lot of them. <laughs> okay. I'm going well, to see The Cure, by the way, really? at the Hollywood Bowl in May. Really? It's Ben's favorite band of all time. Wow. Uh, Deserves it, He has just bought all the original factory pressings of all of their vinyl. Really? Oh, yeah. So he's a millionaire? Uh, No. No. Wow. <laughs> That's a story for another well time. Well said. But yeah. Uh, okay. So um, we, the we, problem. We meet Kevin's mom. We meet Kevin's yeah. mom. We understand that Kevin's father uh, disowned him. Yeah. Um, when he was eight years old, said he wasn't his. Heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing that would drive a man to poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is like like he is sitting in the kitchen with his mom and just seems like an utterly deflated, diminished human being. Uh-huh. And it's like now is a good time for someone to recommend you getting a therapist because yeah. clearly. And then later he is shown at the New Yorican Poets Cafe. Yes. Doing a, a poem that uh, the title was, I wrote this down, a love poem for non-believers, oh, Prelude. Come on. And I was like, that's 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 my land. That's, that's where. Also, yeah. I, I mean, let's discuss it. His cadence, his delivery. Oh, yeah. Were you inspired by him? 
I was inspired by his. Oh my! Literally, so coming. Well, I mean, I won a slam at the New Yorkian once. I went to the fucking. I did. Really? I won a slam and uh, and lost in the semifinals. I'll be damned. But it was really great. It was like a sports movie because um, the best poet, they always say the best poet always loses. The best poet lost. She was this great, super quiet, like academic girl. Uh-huh. And then there was this one lady who just had these like stirring, rousing, you know, social justice poems and... Um, and she killed it in the first half. Yeah. But she played all her good cards. Mm. And so I had my good cards for the second half. And it was just, it was so clear that she was going to win. She was going to win. And then at the end, it was very Hoosiers. Right. It was very like, you know, at the last moment I pulled it out and won. I'll be damned. And then I was completely destroyed in the semifinals. But okay. I won a slam. Yeah. How does one win? They randomly uh, assign people in the audience to be judges uh-huh. uh, and give them pieces of paper on which they write figure skating style numbers and they hold them up. Gotcha. I got to say, the more more satisfying than, than winning the slam was in the semifinal, um, somebody gave me like a one for yeah. a poem that I thought totally killed it and everyone else thought killed it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they hold it up and it's like, and one. And someone in the crowd goes, what? Wow. And that was great. That was like, I was so bummed about losing, but well, that sure. moment was way better than That's pretty great. in retrospect. And what do you get when you win? Oh, I got no, probably 10 bucks or, yeah. or nothing, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or bag of the, tokens. The glory of, yeah, yeah, the glory of tokens. The glory and, of near Eurekan. Yes. Winning. Now, yes. Uh, okay. Now, the, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite sequences in the history of the real world happens on this episode, which is Norman getting mad that they didn't record Star Trek. Oh, well, now, well, let's back up. They have to go to, um, let's, well, do we say key food? Let's say key, key food, food, yeah. Um, to uh, to do because they feel that everyone's going off in their own directions. Indeed. Everyone's got you know. Eric wants to get to know everybody, but he's afraid. Car- uh, uh, Eric actually says, "I'm willing to get to know you, but I'm scared that it's going to pull me from my away from my life." Yeah, I love that. Can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> he's, a young, he's a young model, and I think I mean I think history will show that it did pull him away from his life. Yeah, a bit. into the I mean, yeah. was the grind. Yeah. In in his five year plan at the time, probably not. Probably not, but I think it probably was better than what he would have gone on and done. Anyway. I think you might be yes. right. I think you might be right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they decide that they uh, that a, that a family dinner, a weekly family dinner, yes. is the way to go. Yes. Uh, Kevin offers to to cook the very first one. Yeah. Uh, they go to Key Food for a Mexican fiesta at yep. the loft at the uh, the the top of the shopping list. It says Mexican fiesta in caps at the loft with an at sign with 1992 with revolutionary sign. yeah boom you never saw those future's coming on baby future's coming on fast wow uh they do the fun mtv thing of putting the uh the camera in a shopping cart and pushing, <laughs> pushing it around, around. Yep, whimsy whimsy yeah that was fun a trick uh, borrowed from the cure actually mm. Believe it or not, yeah. i uh, uh at the mtv 20th anniversary in 2001 they did like a week's worth of programming where they like built the original set 
and all really? of us who were there at the time like got to dress up in like big boxy you know sport coats with the right. sleeves rolled up right, and, right, right. You know, a, a specials t-shirt underneath right. or whatever and like sort of be 1981 yes. and there was a shot that they used to do where like you'd be on a rolly chair hanging onto the camera and they'd scoot oh. you and push you around the thing yes. talk about. and just to be able to do, recreate those things right. was the most fun right. I think I had in my entire time there wow. they were they they were revolutionary with their camera angles well one thing I, I remember the, in the in the in the Craig Marks, Rob Tannenbaum book is you were in there and you said you had watched the first hour of MTV. Like later on, you had later, yeah, yeah at the museum. You watched the first, radio. yeah, like like the videos that were uh-huh. just scraped off the, you know, the in from the gutters of pop culture that sure. did not consider videos. Yeah, you know, you know what's in the in that first hour, which is amazing, and I and I didn't know until until rewatching it that the song was a cover. Little Susie's on the up. I don't know what the hell that is. That's a Tesla. Well, I know it as a Tesla song. Oh. Um, but it was originally done by somebody named PhD, who I, and I guess it was just one of the 17 music videos that existed <laughs> that in the existed, world, and so they, yeah. they just put it on. Got Uncle um, Blotto, or was it just Blotto? Yeah, there's Blotto. Yeah, there's Blotto. Yeah. Um, my brother had that album, and I and I and he, you know, obviously, I want to be a lifeguard was a crowd pleaser. If you went to college <laughs> in 1980, absolutely. which my brother did, yeah. Um, I listened to the whole album over and over, just because anything that my older brother had was just automatically cool, right. and I thought it was great. Uh, in retrospect, it is not as great. Otto <laughs> did not endure the way that we had hoped. Uh, but back okay, so to the Mexican fiesta. Back to the Mexican the fiesta, loft. which at home, uh, Heather lingers at home. Mm-hmm. She has one thing to do. She has one job. Yep. Tape Star Trek. I guess Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes, indeed. Yeah, in New Star Trek. Syndicated. Yeah. Yes. It would be on on a Sunday evening. Channel 9. Yep. Channel 9 or 11, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she fails to do it. She And she says, she keeps saying, Star Trek, it's a great argument. She goes, Star Trek wasn't on. And he goes, it's still playing. It was yeah. still, it's yeah. a great, it's like an ultimate roommate argument. Yeah. And he's so upset because it's a very organized part of his world. He wants to watch Star Trek. Uh-huh. He wants to do his uh, paintings of, na- of suburban neighborhoods from above mm-hmm. he wants to watch Star Trek The Next Generation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. can't do it yep not tonight nope and by the way in 1992 if you missed it you missed it it was gone it was, yeah it was gone tape. you might get a chance to see it in the 21st century yes through some sort of streaming device taped on a VHS DVD. tape was the, was the thing you yep. have to wait oh you know what also placed me in 1992 very strongly was uh, there, there was a shot of Times Square which is nowhere Indeed. near where they are right but that Kanar uh, oh, billboard yeah. that would be under like the, under the cup of noodles, right? Right. Or no, under the I don't know, like under the th- if you're looking down the the sort of the, where the ball drops. Yeah, looking at uptown. the bottom of that sort of at street level, there was a, uh, a, a an ad for I don't even know what the fuck Kinar was. It was yeah, a neither. clothing company or something. I think it's uh, Linda Evangelista, right? I think or Helena. Christensen. It's just a bunch of those Bonham kind Carter. of models seated in black and white. And, but then in front of it, there were always there were a bunch of chairs, like actual chairs. Do you remember that? Like oh, like in front of the thing, so oh. you can go and sit down and be what? a part <laughs> of the KDR experience. I'm sitting on a chair in a row with Linda Evangelista. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah wow. It was something you could do for a photo op uh, with a disposable camera, right? That you would have to wind. I'm telling you, 1992 was a whole different world. Man, it was great. It was All those fucking, disposable cameras. So now, okay. Uh, oh, I. Um, oh, and so I, we, 
I do want to say that, that the end of the of the Norman episode is he eats a Twinkie, yeah. and Eric yells after him, uh, you shouldn't eat that Twinkie before dinner. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's strangely a maternal figure sometimes. Yes. Especially all around the issue of food. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't want you to eat too much. He wants to make sure you're you're eating enough. Yeah. He wants to make sure you sit down and eat at the right time. Yes. All of that. Um, oh, one thing about, because we kind of skipped ahead to the to New York and... Um, yeah, we meet Kevin's mother, who he clearly loves. Yeah. But then he straight up blows her up, uh, like in his poetry. Yes. My mother's love, a slap to my face <laughs> or whatever. Like just she woke you know, me a, at a midnight and said she loved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And everything is in like a question. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jason from Boston would later have a very similar poetry style. Remember yes. him? Yes. Yes. I don't know if we'll ever get to Boston. Oh, my God. Oh, well, I, I mean, if we do, Boston's like, Boston is my probably my least favorite it's, season. It's not that interesting. Yeah, before interesting. Paris, I yeah. would say Boston's my least favorite. Oh, Par- well, Paris got CT, though. Paris I'll got go CT. I'll Matt for CT. <laughs> I love oh, when he gets all mad at Adam, I will work you. <laughs> work you. Like, he's, you can fucking work me. Any goddamn day of the week. No, you know what I'm going to say? I think Chicago was... No, no, no. I I think Boston was worse even than Chicago. Yeah, Boston... uh, Oh, yeah. Well, Chicago was mean. They were mean to poor Tanya. Yeah. Joking about her urinary tract infections (laughs) all in a big van together. She had to watch that on TV. Can you imagine? Yeah. No, what did she fucking went crazy? You know, well, you know, one thing I noted about this episode is it was shot in April, mm-hmm. you know, and aired, in, aired June. in June. Yeah. Quick turnaround. You know. Quick turnaround. Does that happen anymore? No. It's, is, does, do things go from, from the sausage you know, maker no, to I, the plate? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how tightly the turnaround uh, no. of, of like a blood, sweat, and heels is. <laughs> but, uh, uh, okay. So, uh, while they are having their Mexican fiesta... Which we never actually see the food. We see some ground beef being yes. browned, but that's it. We just have to take their word for it that it becomes Mexican at some Indeed. point. Uh, they uh, the the prank heard round the world starts. <laughs> yes, I mean indeed. this is really this is it is the high point in my mind of season one of the real world. Really? Well, it's one of them. Uh, Kevin is gone. Mm-hmm. Kevin is always gone. They decide just to fuck with Kevin a little bit. They're going to put personalities into a big old uh, top hat like you might wear at Lollapalooza, right? And then everybody pulls out a personality, and they have to take on that personality for when he comes back. Yes. So that he'll come back, and he'll be like, break out. That's what he'll say to himself. Everybody around here is bugging. Yes. Right? <laughs> Everybody's changing around that, here. Won't he? yeah. uh, and so, um, so Andre has to become a, a like a hillbilly. Yes. Which he expresses through pigtails. Yes. And and overalls, and, and overalls which were very which were common. They were common. Easier he would to undo find. A, a shoulder back then. Yes, I think you know two he, shoulders is straight up hee haw. Also, he said uh, a total hillbilly that likes Tammy Wynette and Peggy Lee. And Peggy Lee. <laughs> Somebody's Peggy not familiar with country music. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you know that now he plays in a bluegrass band. Does he really? He lives in he Los does. Angeles and plays in a bluegrass band. So everything that goes around comes around. Don't forget. If you, if you remember nothing else, folks, remember. A- and what Eric out gets. In the world will come back to you. Hmm? He said Eric, the role Eric gets is being gay. Yeah. Um, 
Which even then, he, you can tell that somebody said, well, that's not a personality. <laughs> that's not the same thing as a personality. But he says over and over again, he says, I'll be a nerdy gay. He has I'll to be a, a nerdy gay. He has to add a second layer. Yes, indeed. Like a true improviser. But right? it, Yes. And he also says it over and over again, I'll be a nerdy gay. I'll be a nerdy, be gay. A nerdy gay. Yeah. yeah. I never said that. I, I just lived it. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then Julie, in, in one of, one of the, the lines that uh, is unforgettable from season one. Says, I get to be a whore in a sing-songy voice. Okay, first of all, I should I should apologize for being directly underneath a flight path. Yeah, indeed. Uh, again, just to give the listener, just to you know, just to put you in in where we are. Uh, the door is open. We have a new puppy. He has to come in and out. Yeah. So the door to my little studio thing is open. We're gonna get some bird noise. We're gonna get some plane noise. Indeed. And that's just the way it's gonna be. Indeed. It's the, maybe it's that's the real Jesus world, man. Punishing us for for looking down on uh, Julie for being a whore. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she, which she does very poorly, by the way. I think she does it extraordinarily well. Really? Yeah, <laughs> she does it almost completely through uh, through makeup, right? And through just glances. Yes, just the way that she sort of she changes up her body a little bit. She bears a midriff, which yes. she's not afraid to do. We've all no, seen her no. Broadway Dance Center. Oh no, heck no! Uh, but she just the way that she kind of lowers her head and looks up. It's a very she knows she knows how to act like a. Shitty seductress. Well, one thing that I love is is there's a sequence where she's looking at Kevin, but you can clearly tell that they edited it together. They got some some looks of Kevin looking confused. Yeah, probably it's something like, "Oh, I don't know where the tortillas are." And sure. he, he just gave a confused look, and then her doing her like up and downing, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know. Uh-huh. And so they made it they made it look like they had this moment. Um, but he said uh, he says to her, "I thought you were the last sincere." person on the planet yeah so let's let's unpack that for a moment shall yes. we uh so i guess sexuality and sincerity are incompatible yes if you are sexually active you you are you have lost your innocence you have lost your ability to be pure and sincere it was a weirdly that's, so, that's some regressive shit right there yeah but that was very 90s there was there was very so. much like so. a like a like a puritanical thing sure those um, sex in the 90s specials were they could not have come along at a better time Right. If even somebody like Kevin had that kind of shitty backwards attitude, we well, needed some fucking docu series. They were all to help the, us out. that series was so prudish. Sex in the nineties? Oh my god! Like I, rem- I remember like the big gay kiss on the roof, and it was really like the I least. Don't remember that. Oh, it was like it was such a huge show because it was like the gay kiss on television. Yeah, and it was these two guys. Um, lovely, prematurely balding fellas in the uh-huh. East Village with that one green onion dome in the background. They were on a roof, and they did th- this kiss that was like like a high school play mashing of closed faces together. Uh-huh. It was sort uh-huh. of like bumping your maw against someone else. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god, I remember that at all? Oh, yeah. That and the and the and the girl that talked about masturbation okay. that said the word masturbation. Remember that? Was like, whoa, I someone remember, said masturbation. I remember a lot of testimony from uh, from Anka Radakovic. Oh, 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 yeah. She would, she would always uh, oh, pipe man. up. Um, also, uh, my other thing that I remember was there was a, like one of them was like, my parents are too sexual or something. Like that was the thing. <laughs> one of them It was like older people expressing their sexuality, but like from the point of view of their children who were right. in their early 20s who were embarrassed. Right. So there was a woman who liked to go to the bar near her house and just meet people. It was like a Holiday Inn bar. 
and she would just try to meet people and stuff just for like conversation. Right. She's like, she's yeah. still a vital woman in her fifties sure. or whatever, but it was very sad because she couldn't talk to anybody because I think nobody wanted to talk to her because there were cameras <laughs> and they cut to commercial on her saying to the, to a crowd of strangers as she walks around, just looking for one moment of, of just of, of validation and, and, and contact. She says, is anyone celebrating a birthday? <laughs> Oh, and God. it was just like, oh, mom, oh, that's just the saddest thing I've ever heard. It stuck with me forever. Oh man! When we do the uh, the spinoff on uh, on the Sex in the Nineties special, yeah, I, I can't. I, that'll that's be, a good spinoff. I'd rather do that than Road Rules. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, or, but you're all about the challenge, aren't you? I love the challenge. Wow. It's largely because of CT. He's yeah. he's fan, he's the Michael Jordan of the challenges. He's fantastic. <laughs> it's pure evil. It's hot as fuck. Oh my God! And he's uh, yeah, I, he he can do anything. Uh, okay, all right. So, so he comes home. Uh, Julie's uh, acting like a big old, you know, she's acting like she's had sex, which means she's a whore. Uh, he asks if she's lost her virginity, uh, and she kind of, you know, she she can't even bring herself to say the words, yes, exactly. even as a joke, even as a character. Yeah, she just kind of gives him a look, and uh, and uh, she says, "Sex sells." She I also know. says, "Sex sells." She says, uh, "Well, you know, I'm growing up." And he says one of my favorite, I think my favorite thing that Kevin ever says, oh, is that what you call it? And then he does his mirthless laugh. Right. He does a lot. Uh, and he says, uh, well, I, I call it growing down or even going down. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what you know exactly. You know what it means, even if you don't know. Do you think he means, uh, oh, okay. Like yes. going down on going somebody? Down so, yeah. And, he, and, and he, I thought he meant like going down, like as a person, like, yeah. a, like a ship. Well, he, as a person he did but can't you feel that feeling from his uh you know uh, overall uh, under a sport coated self with the puka shells uh-huh. going oh i just said something dumb yeah i mean you're going down as a person and uh-huh. i just sat on mtv yeah, yeah. and now 25 dick. years later we're we're talking about fucking it. case about it. I, I love it so much. Oh, I also love it when she said, or when she indicates through her eyes that she has lost her virginity. He said, "Oh, that's so deep. It's <laughs> pretty deep. It's pretty deep. Can't can't deny it." Uh, he then uh, goes on to say that Julie has done a complete three sixty. We'll, we'll let that go. <laughs> yes, we'll let that go. Yes, we'll be we'll be kind and let that go. And then he uh, said, "Did that cat just bark?" Yeah. Yes. That's a nice moment. Yes, That's nice you know moment. it suited the 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 theme of the, and it perhaps indicated that he walked in and he said, "Oh, they're doing something weird for television." Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. oh, they're at, they're wearing funny clothes. Sure. Because Norman's supposed to be the hippie, and he wears a top hat. Oh yeah. And like mirrored round shades. Yeah. What does hippie even mean in 1992? Uh, it means d- deadhead. It means nothing. Yeah. It means you wear a top hat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. little tiny glasses. Yep. yep. Uh, and you've maybe done acid. Uh, so he he leaves. He jets. As, As Eric, Eric says, says yeah. he leaves because he can't fucking take it anymore. And who can blame him? No, it's a sensory I overload. certainly can't. It's too much. Uh, so he leaves. And this is pretty much, you know, this is a cliffhanger. This show ends on a cliffhanger, this episode. Of will Kevin come back? Will Kevin come back? And will he understand what's happened? And will he have a sense of humor about it? And I kind of don't remember. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to find out. Yeah. David Holmes. Uh-huh. How do we end these things? I forgot. Uh, we say um, thanks for listening, okay. and we will see you next time yeah. and hear you last, next time on True Story. Story. 